0: There we come, blue and white, and we're looking good till we're in for a fight and we fight pretty good. Getting goals is our job and we get goals good. looking good, we are all are united. Hello everyone and welcome to the Pu and the number one place to get your highlight fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney, and I'm Dan McLaghan. The blues are staying up. That's the intro. A defeat at Walsall followed by a win at home to Mansfield is enough to secure United's EFL status for another season. We look back on those games and preview the trip to Harrogate in our 100th episode. Yes, the Blues are very much staying up, aren't they, Dan?
1: Mm. (sighs) Uh, Well, we we were for two or three weeks, weren't
0: we? I tried to create a bit of tension there, but there's zero tension involved, really, because... Yeah, it's just dotting the I's and crossing the T's, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly that, basically. But, uh... But yeah, did it with a, a pretty impressive victory at the weekend against Mansfield, I think it's fair to say. Um, I think the game you missed out on, wasn't it? Because unfortunately you had to work at the last minute, didn't you? Sir? Monday,
1: not the weekend. Monday. So, so. I keep I telling you, the weekend <laughs> is Saturday, Sunday.
0: You're right, opening like this, okay. The Easter yeah. Monday game, yeah, it was a yes. good win on that table. Unfortunately, you had to miss it because you had to work. Yeah, I was working, minute. yeah. So. Frustrating that, really, but there you go. Um, yeah. But yeah, so. So we'll be talking about that very shortly. We've got a couple of news bits as well. Um, there's a couple of news bits, actually, I haven't got in the running order, but we'll touch on them as well, Dan, which is the uh, the reserve game coming up and a couple of other bits on top of that. Um, but yeah, first up, as I mentioned in, in the intro there, it's our wonderful episode. There you go. I haven't got a fanfare or anything, for, unfortunately. I forgot to download <laughs> it. I, I,
1: so. ki- I was kind of waiting for some... Yeah, like- I know. Firework, and noises and firework. and so there you go. And I mean, mongos or something, you
0: know. I mean, if you really want it, there you go. There's, there's a round of applause for us 100 down. There you go. There, that's enough of that Yep. Yeah, um, we've got sort of a weird sort of season based numbering system on the podcast, but actually, in terms of actual episodes released. This is number 100. Since we published the first episode back in June 2020, at the height of the, the first COVID-19 lockdown, we've given you 111 hours, 43 minutes and 25 seconds of content. And only once have we left in a section when I nipped to the loo mid-recording, haven't we? So uh, pretty, pretty good after that. <laughs> I, I haven't worked this out, but I, I've got a funny feeling if we put all our predictions together, I think all three of us over the two seasons would have us in the championship by now based on the results.
1: Top, top, top of the championship with Fulham. <laughs> yeah.
0: Even though that would actually not be possible, technically, but, they, yeah. um, but there you go. Uh, just got to say, a big thank you to everyone for their brilliant support from John Coleman, the News and Star. Keeping out this Saturday, there's going to be an article about the 100th episode, isn't there, Dan? We, we had a chat with John yeah, a few weeks ago. John a couple of weeks ago, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you'll get to you'll get to see a photo of where the magic happens. Um, you'll see, yeah, basically, the, the back, Bed, empty back bedroom in my house, essentially. But it's a <laughs> a yeah. IKEA desk sitting there and a few, a few computer screens and stuff like that but there you go um, so yeah there's, uh, thanks to John Coleman thanks to Paul James and Lummy at BBC Radio Cumbria they've had us on a few times to talk about all kinds of things to do with Carl United and it's always nice that we get a little plug there just a little mention um, Andy and Amy at the club for helping us sort out the George Tanner interview if anyone's wondering it's, it's not a case of we've had any fallout with the club or we haven't had any others we just haven't had the time to <laughs> sort another of one out have yeah. we really it's something we're going to look at next season maybe get a few more done possibly uh, and all the opposition podcasts have kindly given up their time to help us get a different view on their teams uh, and finally obviously of course you the listeners because without you it'd just be me and Dan and Mike going slowly mad while talking to each other about the basket case that is Carlisle United Football Club so there you go fantastic isn't it Dan uh, we've got lots of ideas and stuff planned for this summer to to mark getting past the 100 landmark keep an eye out for those uh we'll probably announce a few of those maybe after the season's finished I think Dan we'll have to wait and see
1: so yeah, we, we normally we normally do an episode the week after the last game, don't we? Yeah. Because we get the the release list and all that sort of stuff. Yeah.
0: And yes, yeah. so we'll look we'll look at all that obviously at the time. Um, so let's move on to sort of news bits then, Dan. Um, first up, uh, a, a bit of a sort of follow up from the uh, the Battle of Prenton Park a few weeks ago, um, uh, in a result that's, fair fed say a surprise to no one really, is it? Both United and Tranmere were fined for failing to ensure their players conduct themselves in an orderly fashion after the handbags that followed Callum McDonald's red card for Rovers in the clash against Tranmere uh, earlier this month. Um, not really a massive shock this was in time, to be honest, especially after we'd no. been fined earlier in the season for the incident against um, Sutton, wasn't it, I think, when Manpala got sent off. Um Rovers were fined £3,000 for their part and United were given a £1,500. Both clubs accepted the charge. That's probably the biggest surprise, actually, the surprise Trump didn't appeal it based on um, <laughs> the fact they appealed the two red cards and got extended uh, ban for one of them, didn't they? So, yeah. so there you go. Um, before we go on to the, the loan update, the um, only have a couple a little bit. Um, the Central Cup in midweek, Dan, uh, against Preston. Sadly, the lads couldn't make it two seasons in a row making it to the Central Cup final, could they?
1: No, it was uh, a very young... Very yeah. young side, wasn't it? You know, it was basically a youth team Plus with sort Bell. of Bell and Fishburn. I know yeah. Fishburne's still officially youth level, but yeah. uh, Breeze, uh, yeah. no, it was certainly a better performance. And then uh, they got hammered 5-0 off Preston in the group stages.
0: Yeah. And uh, I think you know, it's, f- it's fair to say Preston didn't put out as strong a side as they did in the group stages because the group stages side had about eight first teams in it, didn't it? I think the only one you could even class anywhere near a first team of this was Ethan Walker, wasn't it? I think, obviously, X, X yeah, yeah. He, he played in this game. But uh, yeah, they were denied by a late goal, weren't they, unfortunately? Um, they had a really good go at it by all accounts. And uh, and yeah, sadly, not another trip to St. George's Park this season for the lads, but de- decent effort all around. And uh, the only little bit to mention is to remind people that the uh, the Legends game takes place at Brunton Park this weekend, doesn't it, Dan? Um, looks like uh, there's going to be a decent turnout of uh, former Blue stars. I've seen uh, Michael Bridges on his way over, isn't he? I think he, he was on his last leg. Up to uh, to Cumbria, I presume we be got to Yorkshire this weekend. Probably to w- to watch uh, the Blues, maybe at Harrogate. Maybe go and watch Leeds. He usually gets get one of their games in as well, doesn't he? So, so yeah. Um, so just a reminder yeah, of that. Uh,
1: actually, I'm, I'm just about. going to say it was that one, also the club announced the paddocks open now.
0: oh fantastic. Yeah. And stuff. I, I would make it myself, but unfortunately, I'm going to a gig on the Saturday night, and I will be in no fit state to drive up to Cumbria. Unfortunately, so so if you are if you are going, to enjoy it. That's um, interesting. Is big Stefan playing in this game, Don. I can't remember if he is he one of the players. I'm not seen him
1: mentioned. Thing. Surely we'd have heard if Stefan was.
0: Oh, I mean, you'd be camping out now to get your place, wouldn't you? <laughs> if, if you did, Stefan was playing. Oh,
1: I'd, I'd have been there three weeks ago.
0: <laughs> exactly. Just to make sure you're prime place to get on your hands and knees and say we are not worthy for but, the big uh, man. Uh, do you want to do the loan update they sent on next? Yeah, uh,
1: main one for action, uh, Taylor Charters. Yeah, uh, Gateshead have had a great uh, upturn. Uh, they picked up back-to-back wins over Easter. Good Friday, trip to Yorkshire. the hammered Geisley 6-0, followed mm-hmm. by a dramatic 4-2 win over Darlington on Easter Monday, where mm-hmm. they were, were two down early on, in yeah. fact. Uh, Taylor played in both games. He Geisley came on as a sub about sixty seven minutes and got two goals on the eightieth and ninetieth minutes. Mm, good for as well. Yeah, yeah, and then he started on Monday back at left back and played the full minute in that four two win. Uh there's a couple of goal scorers later on in the X Blues that seem <laughs> and, uh, to
0: pop up regular. <laughs> we might as in as well these well, games we might as well just have a gatehead section, mate, to say <laughs> yeah, yeah. isn't it? But, but yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: what also helped Gated was Brackley uh, had a proper proper bad weekend. They drew nil nil good Friday at Leamington. Then uh, playoff chase in Boston beat them one nil at home. So they only got one point. So Gateshead are now four points clear with four games remaining. But the last four fixtures are against teams all in and around the playoffs. Uh, mm,
0: I was looking at that; it's tough that one for them, isn't it? Um, it's, I know it, it,
1: it, it's a good league, that North National League North, for some good teams, isn't it?
0: Really competitive, isn't it? I mean, you got obviously those ex League teams you mentioned. Obviously, you know your Southport, your Chester's, your I mean, Gated are an ex League team technically, Darlington. Yeah. Um, uh, and, then, and then you look; you've got some teams that are, uh, a, a big non-league clubs. If you if you want to put it that way, you know, yeah, Kettering Southport, yeah. Charlie,
1: you know Hereford. These these are all
0: solid football clubs, you know. Yeah, Kettering, one of those teams you're always looking. You think, how have they never actually got into the football league? Because they they always used to be sort of the top end of the the conference back in the day, didn't they? And they've just never quite. I mean, these clubs have just come from nowhere, and so they've overtaken them, haven't they? Really, and they've always had a good yeah. support. the clubs like this. Um, but, yeah, like you said, they've got four games left. I think, I think the Chorley game might be on it, um, the Bank Holiday Monday. I think I might even nip up and watch that, you know, because it's at Chorley. So I might pop along and see how Ch- Taylor gets on in that game. be an interesting one, that. Uh, yeah, and the other
1: uh, Tristan Abrahams, uh, much yeah. better weekend. Uh, he was an unused sub uh, in the surprise 2 1 win over Stockport on Good Friday. Uh, but he came on as an early first half sub in uh, the Easter Monday game of, at King's Lynn. And uh, I think someone went, got injured, so he came on and he nabbed the only goal. And that yeah. sort of uh, cemented Grimsby right in the playoff picture, hasn't it? So
0: yeah, they're. they're, they're the, the, Go on, sorry.
1: <laughs> sorry, I think they're sixth with a four point yes. cushion to Dagenham in eighth, which is the last spot with five games left to play. So they're, they're set up
0: nicely. Yeah, interesting one on Dagenham. Um, obviously, they're keeping close tabs on the, the playoffs as well, just outside it. They won 7 3 at the weekend. No goals for Angelo Blanta though. No, he's really dropped off after his early season uh, purple patch, hasn't he? So I was quite yeah. surprised that. Just a little spoiler there for the uh, exile section. Don't expect to hear his name mentioned, but there you go.
1: Yeah, uh, and Mammy Mampala, uh, well, very little action. Unused <laughs> sub on the Good Friday defeat at Maidenhead. We got a whole three minutes in the Ooh. local derby with Yeovil, which was a nil-nil draw. So. Two more defeats and they're uh, relegated to national League
0: So it's, ah, it's yeah. a matter of time, isn't it? Really, they're not. I don't mean, they, yeah. think they've won about one in the last twenty or something like that. So I, I doubt very much they're going to win another three or four or whatever it is. They need to get themselves away from trouble at the bottom. Unfortunately, so yep, looks like uh, not going to be a great loan spell, is it? For money, seven seven games, zero goals. Um, it's, it's, Tristan stats looking ever so slightly better now. Fourteen games, two goals. He's just not a goal scorer, is he, Tristan? Really, is he? I don't and
1: To be fair, there. nine of those have been sub appearances, yes. To where, be fair, yeah. And they've been quite quite late. You know, yeah. I mean, he's he's often only had ten minutes or so. You know.
0: Yeah, exactly. Very true. Very true indeed. Well, let's go on to the match review section then, because there's a fair bit to cover here. I think it's fair to say. Um, yep. Yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> 1-0 defeat of Walsall and a 1-0 home win over Mansfield Town. And the Blues are safe for another season. Too contrasting, but in strange ways, quite similar performances, I think it's fair to say, in, in, in some ways. Um, but the most important thing is they've they've got the points now and, and we can't go down. <laughs> it's it's just a nice feeling, isn't it? I think three games to go, OK, we've got nothing to worry about now. We can enjoy these last three games, can't we? Three...
1: Winnable games to go, I would say as well.
0: Oh, definitely, I and mean, we'll get onto that in a minute. I mean, me look at it. Actually, in terms of form, teams, Bradford and Harrogate, are two of the worst teams in the division right now, in terms of form. Uh, Stevenage picked up a little bit, but he, even them, you'd he, fancy us to, to get a result there. Surely, you would you know. um But yeah, so let's let's talk about the games then, Dan. Let's get straight into it. Um, we're not going to talk about the Warsaw game too much because. Not a huge amount happened to be brutally honest. It wasn't a great performance. <laughs> um I went along to that one with uh, with Craig um from Runcorn that I sometimes go to games with. Um he was quite frustrated after the game. I was a bit more you know I try to describe it really, but I, I I was I was I wasn't too fussed to be honest. It it didn't really bother me that much. It it felt to me like a bit of a tired performance and just one of those games again where it just caught up on us a little bit, I think, it's fair to say. Um in terms of the goal in that game, um, Walsall actually probably shaded the first half in this match, um, but it was still quite balanced. Actually, we had two really good chances. There was one where Dennis put the ball down really well, turned inside the defending, hit a low shot that the keeper saved really well. Um, Patrick had another chance as well from distance. Um, so it's really frustrating that we conceded a goal right on the stroke of half-time. And you'll have seen the highlights, Dan, it's not a great goal to concede either, is it? that's the most frustrating thing about it.
1: No, it wasn't the best, was it? It was uh, just poor, wasn't
0: it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Mellor's, for a start, Mellor's got to do a lot better on the right day. He's a bit too slow to to get rid of the ball. I, mean, I really like Mellor, I think he's a good player, but he didn't have a great game in this match, I think it's fair to say. Um, Divid on the ball, got uh, robbed of it by um Ossedebi um, got away down the the left, uh, the wall's all left, that is, of course. Um Gets to the byline, cuts it back, and Simeon gets a a slight touch in it, and it's bound to go in the back of the net. And Howard pulls off a brilliant save to keep it out. But we then have two other chances to get rid of the ball, and they don't take them. Yeah. And it comes to um, Earing on the edge of the box, and he he hits sort of. It's it's a weird kind of shot, isn't it? Because I, I was behind the goal, obviously, and I could say they didn't, but it kind of looks like it takes the deflection off somebody. Doesn't. He just goes into the ground and he just sort of bounces up and Howard just can't get to it. Goes into the bottom corner and, and that's the only goal of the game. And second half, it's it, like I said, it's a game too half because second half we actually came out. And we were we were comfortably the better side. We dominated the ball, but we're just so wasteful in front of goal. Mm. It's it, it just wasn't it. it there wasn't really a, their keeper didn't make a, too many stunning saves or anything like that. Other than. Brennan Dickinson nearly scored direct from a corner that the keeper did really well to tip over. But bar that, it was a little bit lacklustre. And actually, Toby Show Silver coming on did make a difference. He he looked lively. He, he caused some problems and they, they couldn't cope with his physicality as much as anything. But we just didn't take advantage of it. And it's it's one of those ones that you look at and you think, two teams sort of scrapping for that one last win to get them guaranteed saved, even though they both know they're safe. It was... It, it, wasn't as bad as the game between us last season on the last day of the season, but not a huge improvement on that, really, is it? I mean, it's the kind of thing you expect from a game like that, isn't it, Dan?
1: Yeah, it's... Uh... I don't like the word dead rubber, but yeah. it pretty much was, wasn't it? And it had that... It was quite similar to the ball drawn at the end of last season, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Indeed. You know, it's similar just...
1: There's a worry that the Bradford game could end up like that. You know, it's just maybe a bit different with fans back in. But no, it just, we weren't at the races, really. Uh also weren't particularly either. But they took their chance and they got the points, didn't they?
0: Yeah. One of the most frustrating things is, though, that Obatoia was given a chance to impress in this game. He's given a chance to start. We switched to a 4 to accommodate that, with Patrick on the right to start. Dennis down the middle... On the tie on the left, and he just didn't take his chance. I, I, you've got to wonder for, for next season for him. It doesn't. It's not really our concern in one sense. But, <laughs> no, I'm it, say it. It, it, it doesn't bother us. But what's the lad expecting to do with his career? Because he's yeah. now had three loans in the football league. I don't think has he scored a goal yet in the football league. I know he's scored in that trophy. We don't talk about it for, for Norwich's under twenty three. Well, so that, that
1: doesn't count, does it?
0: Exactly, but. The point is, he he's got he must have pushing on fifty appearances in the football league now, and he's still not. I think he's barely had a shot on target for us. He's had one, maybe one or two, but he was just dire in this game. And like the thing is, he actually I'd say that's probably a bit harsh thing to say. He's dire because he actually made some some good runs and got into some good positions, but his decision making at the end of it, he was trying to do everything on his own. And there was one time when he got away down the middle, and all he had to do was slide a ball in for Patrick. It's one of those ones where Patrick gets it sort of on the left-hand side of the box. He opens up his body and he slots it in the far corner. Comfortable goal. And he tries to take another man and got robbed of it. And now, it when, when is I've he going to play?
1: I've just looked up his stats. He's 29 appearances. Uh, obviously, plus three for knowledge under-21s. But most... Half of the other half of being off the bench is just...
0: But he starts, uh, he doesn't take the chance, does he? It, it, yeah,
1: he's just not good enough. Mm. And I don't mean that harshly in any way. Mm. I just he, he reeks of man parlor. Yeah.
0: There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's, there's a real difference between him and someone like Brad Young who we had at the start of the season. Now, Brad Young wasn't perfect. He's a bit rough around the edge. He's only 18. But there was effort there and you could see there's something in there with Brad Young. You could see yeah, that probably yeah. next season he'll go out maybe have a loan spell somewhere. might have to be a National League level. But you can imagine him scoring a few goals for someone. You could really see that potentially happening. I, I don't. I just don't see it with this lad. I, I, it's it's uh, really frustrating because, like I said, some of those chances he had—if those fall to Patrick, I think Patrick scores a couple of them probably. Um, the way he got bullied by Manny Monter as well. Now a lot of players will get bullied by Manny Monter because he's oh yeah, he's he's big, big lad, isn't he? Big lad, isn't he? But I don't know it'd be funny. But when we played Walser earlier this season, Sam Fishburn gave him something to think about, and Sam is yeah. not like a, a big, well-built lad. You know, and it's different kind of player, yes, but you, you've got to be prepared for that because you're going to get that at whatever level you play at not not just at league two level. So, really frustrating for him. Um, uh, only have a couple of things to mention from this game um, in terms of the formation. I mentioned there before, switch to three, four, 3 Let us left us quite overrunning midfield because your your midfield two was basically Mellish and um, Gibson, and you know they work hard, but neither of them particularly wanted to sit. They wanted to get forward a little bit and. Dickinson was having to come inside a little bit to try and support, even though he was playing at left-wing back. Obviously, once Feeney came off, which we'll talk about in just a second, um, switched to a 4-3-3. Three, three. Dickinson played, actually, in the front three at this point, with um, Show Silva down the middle, Dickinson on the left... Sorry, on the right, sorry, and uh, Patrick on the left, and it would cause him a few problems, actually, to be fair. Packing the midfield a little bit more did help, definitely. Joe Riley switched into midfield, so... Yeah, it's one of those ones. I think the 3-4-3 three, three is okay if you've got someone like a guy and a debit in there maybe, but...
1: Yeah, you've got, they've got the knowledge, they've got the mouse, you yeah. know, The they've got the quick feet if needed, yeah. you know.
0: Yeah, so before we go on to the Mansfield game, um, just one slight concern from this game was obviously Morgan Feeney, the, the incident involving him. We couldn't tell mm. at the time, because it, it kind of looked like one of the ones maybe he's like, oh, I've just tweaked a calf or something like that, and he's sort of down on, his, on one knee, basically. So, well, the physio spoke to him but it sort of became a little bit clear well, it might not be, it might be something else actually because he's indicating as if you know I didn't feel great there um, obviously it came off and it came out, out after the game that uh, he'd suffered some heart palpitations um, but he, actually in the first half he felt okay to start the second half but he, he didn't feel quite right the second half so he came off as rightly he take the precaution with something like that um, obviously we've been seeing over the last year it's something that's really in the, the public eye now after the uh, horrendous but thankfully not fatal scenes that happened with uh, Christian Eriksen last season uh, in the Euros. Fine to play on Monday though, so good sign that at least. I think it it sounds like the ECG thing they did at the the ground, the the, the portable one, showed no issues. So hopefully not a problem. And I think Simisor did say sometimes with someone like him being, you know, a ginger lad who's very fair-skinned, you know, the weather gets quite warm. You can have a little turn sometimes, can't you? Um, you
1: you Yeah. as it sounds all the energy gels and drinks i have that, that stuff like that can you know with his skin complexion and yeah. you know
0: yeah your blood pumping yeah I, i'm sure as well it, there was a slight incident with this with him earlier in the season i seem to remember maybe i've imagined that i'm, I'm sure something was mentioned about this at some point possibly but um but yeah, so no, 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 good that it, it doesn't look like it's, it's an issue. I know he's going to have some more tests, isn't he? I think just to, just to check he's okay. But seems like there's, there's no major issues there. Um, so yeah, that's the Walsall game summed up. Mansfield game, well, what, what a contrast in terms of the Walsall one. Because although, you know, again, a game of two halves. Second half, best. First half, better. Team probably, comfortably. Um, yeah, it, it, we, we didn't look out of place in the first half, is what I'm trying to say. It, we, we weren't totally battered, although Mansfield had a lot of the ball. We were still in it. We still had some good chances. But second half, once we scored the goal, it's only one team, isn't it? You, you must have been listening on the radio, I guess, or picking up a little bit of it as, as the game was going on. But there was definitely a feel as soon as that goal went in, we had momentum, wasn't there?
1: Yeah, yeah, I had, uh, I had radio coming on in the background at work. And uh, yeah, g- game of two halves, that phrase was made for this game. You know, I mm. mean, we got half time, nil nil. And I, obviously, from the bits I heard, I was like, Oof, we'll take that at half time. Mm. But no one, once we got the goal, it sounded like we were the, uh,
0: by far the better team.
1: And, uh, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll take that.
0: Well, let's, let's talk about the goal then, Dan. Um... Uh, it's a quick fire attack that (laughs) that created the goal It actually began with a Mansfield corner that Howard uh, it's got to say Howard pulled off some brilliant saves again in this game but this one in particular was because it it, it was sort of from the the right hand angle of the Warwick Road end box as you look towards the Warwick Road end and obviously when I stand in the paddock, just sort of to the back above the tunnel behind the away dugout had a perfect view of, of Jamie Murphy's shot and it was flying to the top corner and he stretches across and tips it behind for a corner. Absolutely brilliant save. Corner from La- Longstaff, or Lang- is it Longstaff. It's Longstaff, isn't it? Sorry, Longstaff's the, the gate line, isn't it? Uh, Longstaff's corner comes in, I and mean, it was a terrible corner, to be fair. But Howell comes in, claims it comfortably. Very quickly spots Alessandra in a bit of space, and sends a long kick forward. Alessandra does what you know you expect him to do controls it brilliantly, brings it down, lays it off to Divine. He actually gets fouled, and the referee, yeah, fair yeah. him. Gives a really, really good advantage. Straight away, he's like, play on and define. Gets the ball, spreads it out wide to Mario Patrick, who we have to say was probably in an offside position by the looks of the video. Um, he does what he does best, doesn't he? He just terrifies the fullback, gets them backpedalling, skips past him, gets to the byline. And... Do you think this is a shot, Dan, or do you think it's a cross? I don't think it's a shot. It's hard to tell, isn't it? Because it, it, it kind of looks like he may miscues it a little bit. When, you, when, when si- you look when you look how far forward he was, yeah. you know, he was
1: he was the only man well up the pitch sort of well, thing. Well, it's a pass. shot,
0: yeah. You say if you look at it, actually on pitch side blues, Gibson's coming in at the far post, so he might have been looking at him and thinking, I can square to him, but I think he sort of gets caught between the two and then decides to go for the shot. Doesn't actually catch it very well it's one of those ones if you look at it again I think it probably was on target so it probably is his goal but it's very close to being an own goal by the goalkeeper isn't it yeah because <laughs> yeah. he basically flaps it in essentially he, gets, he, he completely messes up gets his bearings wrong and the ball goes into the back of the net and Brunton Park goes bonkers um, yeah it, it was just at that from that point onwards There was only one team, in it, really, wasn't there? I mean, I've I've written down all the chances, haven't I, Dan? And I'm just counting here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Actually, arguably 10 or 11, because a couple of those had some rebounds on them. 11 really good chances to score. Mm. (laughs) You know, it's weird, because at halftime, you you go and you think, "Mm, maybe looking not to be a couple down here. By full-time, you're thinking, Mansfield are lucky not to be five down. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> we battered them, and, and after that save Howard made from the Murphy shot, I think he only had one more save to make, and he quite comfortably held that one. And and we didn't have that much of the ball. I mean, what do what the stats say here? The stats say 37% possession to, to, to Mansfield, 63. So they had twice as much of the ball. Didn't have twice as many chances, though, did they?
1: No, not at all. Pretty That's level of chances. chances.
0: I mean, I'll go through Corn, some of the, corners as well. Yeah, I mean, let's we'll go going through some of the chances. I mean, in the first half, we actually only had one real clear chance, and that was uh, Simu nearly scored a, with a back header. Basically, essentially, keeper comes, punches it out, messes it up. Alessandra heads it on, and Simu tries to do like a Lee Miller, doesn't he? And sort of flick it backwards without looking at goal. Yeah, yeah. fair play to the defender; he was very alert on the line, cleared it away. Um, I think Simu was almost out the uh, paddock gates at that point, so he was ready to celebrate. Um, but yeah, second half, early on, Joe Riley, you know, you know, set a precedent and basically just got the ball. And it's something Mike actually spotted, to be fair. In fact, while we're here, actually, should we, should we quickly, in fact, we'll go through the chances, then I'll do Mike's little, because Mike sent us a 60-second bit, basically, yeah. telling us his thoughts on the game. But Riley, basically, he, Mike did say Riley's second half came out and with a lot more directing, you could almost tell as if Simo said to him, you need to start carrying the ball up the pitch a bit more. You've got the ability. You can take men on. Stop, you know, pass it on to people. Actually show a bit more belief. And he really did that. He got he ran right down the pitch, set in a low cross, it sort of ricocheted off two defenders. I mean, he could have gone in the goal, but for Manitou, luckily it, it landed for them to clear. Then Danny Devine had a volley from the edge of the box that was a lot closer than it looked when, when I was in the paddock. When I watched it back on TV, it was only a yard or so wide of the post. And the keeper was flat-footed, so he had the other side and he gets a goal. And then the goal, obviously, we get that. Um, and then that Joe Riley run. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that must have been exciting to listen to on the radio. You must be thinking, God, where's
1: it? That would have been goal of the, the decade if he'd scored
0: it. <laughs> think, goal of of it, it? <laughs> he probably the century. on the radio, it probably sounded like he started in Scotby. He, started, <laughs> he ran for that <laughs> far because cause he yeah. kept going. And Big question there, though, Dan. Is it better than James Brown's run in twenty uh, eighteen?
1: That was a good one, Michael.
0: <laughs> Remember the excitement everyone got about that. But actually, he got nowhere near having a shot in that. To be fair, that's the yeah, same. Yeah. Riley was basically denied a goal. The, where... the,
1: the, the, one, the one that makes it for me, Riley, is the one two in the middle of it.
0: Yeah, it's it's and it's so controls it. And the thing is, often when a player runs up the pitch that far, they're not in full control of the ball, are they? They're often yeah. quite a kind of stretching for it and they just get little ricochets and things like that that come nicely for them. He's in control of the ball the whole way up that pitch, isn't he? It's only at the very end, he, he gets it caught slightly in his feet. Not massively, but enough that the defender has the chance to actually get back before he can dig a shot out. But basically, the whole way, he he's the one who's in control of the ball going back. And actually, full credit to James Perch, who actually was probably Mansfield's best defender in this game. He, he made some really important blocks to them, actually. And he got back and got the block on this one because I think Bishop was getting nowhere near it if he hadn't. So, yeah, quite incredible. Um, amazingly, then, from the corner from that shot, Morgan Feeney, one of these corners, it kind of looks like it's a bad corner because it's sort of low to the front post, isn't it? But Feeney nips in before the defender, sends a shot in, and Bishop makes a brilliant save to tip it onto the bar. And then actually, Simeon should do a lot better with the header actually back. When I saw it in real time, I thought, uh, it's a difficult angle. It's not easy to get it back across. But when you watch it back, you should be hitting the target at the very least, shouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. But, a tough
1: one. it's it's a fact that we're we're getting these chances now.
0: Yeah, yeah. You definitely see it a bit confident. Dickinson's set pieces have definitely stepped up a little bit over the last few games. Yeah, I think yeah. it's fair to say. Um, not long after that, I see Gibson had a shot from the edge of the box. It was deflected just wide in real time again. It's weird how you see things sometimes. That looked like he'd it was going well wide anyway. But actually, when you watch it back, it probably was potentially on target if the defender hadn't got the block in. From the corner for that, Dickinson sends another long one in. And Simeon, at this point, he's just like determined to score, isn't he? Comes in like a bulldozer. <laughs> smashes the header against the post. And the thing is, he actually gets in John Mellish's way. I think if he if his momentum's not as strong or if he goes towards the net instead of the other way, John Mellish has got a tap-in and he puts it into the empty net. But actually, he runs into it and he catches the ball as he comes back off the post, Simu. And Mellish can't really get a proper contact on it then. I'm runs, going it. to
1: make a prediction here yeah. and now that our last goal of the season will be scored by Simu. Ooh,
0: that's
1: a strong prediction. And the game will be abandoned due to the absolute carnage
0: yeah there'll be fans on the pitch everywhere uh, all kinds of things as, as Mike said to us if he scores against Bradford he'll end up in the top tier of that away end <laughs> probably because that's the kind of bloke yeah. he is but um but yeah so uh, unbelievable he could have had a hat-trick in this game That that's how many good chances he had really and it wouldn't it wouldn't have been like it wasn't like oh they're close ones he basically had three really good chances to score um Feeney again could have scored again in this game um Centre header, goal bound from a Gibson corner. And at first, when you watch it in real time, again, it's one of these weird things. It looks like he hit the post, but actually it's going in and the defender again nips in and plays it against the post and they get it clear. Uh, and then obviously, um, later on in the game, Amari had a disallowed goal, which we'll touch on in a sec, actually, because we need to talk about that linesman. Um, and then in injury time, Bishop almost did a a Zach Steffen, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Messed about with the ball a bit too long. Gibson, fair play Gibson. He's work rate. I think he's really underrated in this team, isn't Well, In fact, we'll talk about Gibson in a minute because I've got him down as a talking point, but he manages to get a block in. The ball loops up and looks like it might even spin into the net and then Bishop struggles to get it and Toby nearly nicks in, but just in time the the keeper gets there and and gets the ball back, doesn't he? So uh, there you go. That's the chances, basically. And... um, incredible second half of football. It was probably some of the best football second half that we played since Simpson came back, actually, I think. Really, really was good. Good. Um, again, we don't mention the officials very often on this show, do we? Because it's a little bit tiresome if you say, oh, the standard officiating in League Two is really rubbish this season. It's always, it's never that bad, really, actually. When you look back at it, quite often they've got the decisions right. It's just the heat at the moment, you get overexcited. Yeah. Making it, I'll make an exception with this lines though. He was god-awful at the weekend. He was absolutely terrible. The linesman on the east-hand side in front of where the Mansfield fans are. Um, t- twice against them, once against us, really, I think it's fair to say. I mean, let's talk about the the goal that wasn't given, Dan. In real time, when I saw this, obviously this was one where Mellish misses the kick forwards. Um, Aikens get its way down the right, squares the ball to Jamie Murphy, smashes a shot that comes cannons off the bar and it looks like it goes over the line. He runs off to celebrate, but Lionsman doesn't lift his flag and, and Simu heads it clear and the game carries on. You've seen on video. I saw it in real time. My first thought in real time is so that we've got away with one there. have you seen the video, probably still think we did get away with one, but what, what's your thoughts when you look, look at it?
1: Well, first off, play to the whistle.
0: Bang on, bang on.
1: Yeah, you play to the whistle. It, from the, the the pictures I've seen... It looks like it was possibly over, but the angle's so bad that we'll never... Yeah. I mean, yeah. Man, Man, Mansfield fans will have had a perfect view of
0: it, pretty yeah. much. But but they're going to be biased and they're going to take one look yeah, and, course and it ignore of course the fact that it it's yeah. It's one of those ones where it, you, you look and you think, oh, well, it, the, the ball itself's not touching the line. doesn't mean it's not hanging over the line, though, does it? It's got to be the whole ball crossing the whole line. So it could be that it wasn't, but I mean, to be fair... The Lions was nowhere near at play, so he could not have had a clue if that that hadn't crossed the lane. He just couldn't have told that. No way he could have done. So, a little bit unlucky. But as you say there, play to the whistle because Jamie Murphy runs off celebrating. And actually, the ball bounces up. And and if he'd followed up, he probably would have headed that into an empty net. But as it was, Simi had all the time to head it away and we, we booted it clear. So... So yeah, I can understand their frustrations about that. Uh, As we mentioned before, Amari was probably just offside for our goal, but I mean, he was close. And again, I think the eye was caught a little bit by the foul on on Alessandro as much as anything. Um, But then Amari scored a second late on um, from where uh, Gibson did brilliantly to... No, was it Gibson nicked the ball? I can't remember it was now, but someone nicked the ball. Plays it into um, Amari on the left in a very similar position to where he got it for the, the goal was given gets into the box and slots it brilliantly past the keeper but then the flag's up watching it back he's a good yard or two on side isn't he oh yeah yeah. it's not even close it's but they, they sort of cancel each other out they're done they, so. a little bit yeah because like I said the, the the one that was scored was off the one that he wasn't given he was on the goal one probably was error but it's so hard to tell without goal line technology you're not going to know with that you're just not so, um, so there you go Let's pick out some talking points from this game then, Dan. Um, first up, got to give a shout out to our main man, Louis Alessandro, don't we?
1: Yeah, uh, not been seen since that hazy night in Salford. <laughs> and, you, you know, given his lack of action, you know, you could have, uh, you could have said that, you know, not much was expected of him. But uh, he's... the one thing about Alexandre is he's a proper professional, is yeah. he? He's an old head, he knows the game. And it's why we like him, isn't it? You know.
0: And he looks after himself, doesn't he? He's a fit lad, yeah, isn't he? Yeah. He's not... Like I said, he didn't look like he. Yeah, he tired a little bit towards the end, but he... well, he's 32 now or something like that, isn't he? So, of course, he's going to tire a little bit towards the end. But he was full of running. I think he's a, he's a little bit more mobile than than Dennis, isn't he? I think. I think Dennis is a bit more of a wily sort of fox in the box striker who's going to get you more goals. But Alessandro's got a little bit more mobility about him. He can get about the pitch a little bit more than than Dennis does. But again, all the great things to expect from him. He held the ball up well. He linked up play really well. I don't think he get a single chance himself. But he still had a really good game. And you know that that's a testament to the kind of player he is. Even though he's not going to get many chances to score he will be involved heavily in the game, won't he? And Yeah. And it was really telling, wasn't it, when uh, Simpson after the game sort of singled him out, didn't he, for a bit of praise and said to him, you know, look, you know, I decided after the Walsall game, you know what? He's earned his chance. We didn't have a great game this day. He's been chomping at the bit. He's been complaining in a way, but not in a bad way, about not being involved. He's saying he wanted to be involved, but he's just got his head down. He's carried on training. He's worked hard and he's earned his right. And, Every chance he'll probably start at Harrogate at the weekend, I think, to be fair. He might get these last few games to show what he can do. And, um, yeah, because like Simmer said, it was a toss-up between him and Dennis, wasn't it? And the only reason he picked Dennis when he came in was the fact that he'd seen him score goals to Chesterfield because his son was uh, one of the fitness guys at the time, wasn't he? So Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so fair play to Louis. Like I said, we're a big fans of him on this podcast. I think we're probably both in agreement he'll probably leave in the summer because you need to freshen things up a little bit, but... I mean, he'll find himself in a national league club at least, easily. What I'd imagine, wouldn't he? I, don't, I wouldn't. Be, wouldn't be surprised to see him turn up at Oldham if they if they go down, would you? Really, back at his first club. No, so.
1: it wouldn't be the uh, the biggest surprise. There's plenty of teams, sort of in the uh, the north that would. It'd be brilliant at somewhere like probably too big for someone like Alderneyham to be honest, but yeah. a Halifax or someone he would be ideal, yeah. at,
0: wouldn't he? Exactly, like you know, the kind of it's wily player, you can link play, you can you know they've got young fast forwards around him, he can really create stuff, can't he? So, so there you go. Um, other players picked out. I mean, Amari Patrick he just continues to be a big threat, isn't he? In every game he plays, even when he's a little bit off form, get him the ball, and the, the fullbacks are terrified. They get at the very least they're going to stick two people on him, aren't they? To try and nullify the threat he, he poses, and that's what up to nine goals for the season now, closing yeah. it, closing in on ten for a, you know only playing half a season. It's incredible return, isn't it? Really, all things considered. You know, I don't think I think I think most of us thought when he came back, if he gets three or four goals. Brilliant, you know, he'll he'll he really contributed. As it is, he's, he's comfortably going to be our top scorer at the finish of the season, which is mad for a player that's coming in January. Um, but yeah, it's fantastic. Because it's interesting. I saw you put it on Instagram because I didn't. I think Lloyd Owusu is his uncle. I didn't even know this. I didn't know that. I, didn't yeah, do that. Well, I presume it's, it's it's uncle. or Maybe I don't know if it's a family friend style uncle. But he, he put up on a uh, Lloyd Owusu on his Instagram feed. Uh, my nephew Amari, um, said he was going to try and get ten goals this season. Going back to Carlisle, he's already on nine. so it's yeah. clearly yeah. impressive. He was a good player back in the day. Lloyd Owusu, wasn't he for Brentford and a few other clubs? Yeah. But yeah, I mean. He's got to say, set himself some big targets for next season now, maori you'd think? Yeah,
1: definitely. Um, and wouldn't be a surprise if t- t- he was being watched. You know, scoring goals at a struggling club, and scoring yeah. good goals.
0: He, well, he might not be here next season. I mean, you say that, I think it would take a, 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 a big championship club to come in for him, I think, for him to move, because I get the impression he's quite happy here, and he enjoys it, and he likes the fact yeah, that the fans yeah. like him, and he gets... Gets to play every week and he's he's fairly settled. So I think it would take some because obviously he'll be he'll be a little bit wary after the experience of Burton, he Because obviously he went yeah, there and yeah. he just didn't work out, did it? And, and realistically, Burton a massive club compared to Carlisle. They're a smaller club in Carlisle, really, but at a higher level. And he didn't quite work in there. So.
1: I think it'd be worth offering him a new deal in the summer. I, I know don't. he's I know he's got a year still.
0: It, he's earned the right to have it. Because I imagine, let's imagine, let's say he came back and he, he basically settled for the wage he was offered last time when he came to us. He's earned the right for a better contract now. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Two, two years and an option or something like that. Yeah, something like that. That keeps us happy. keeps him happy. And know,
1: it, the, it, If he performs next season like he has this half season, <laughs> he definitely won't be here.
0: Yeah. Stick like a half million pound release clause in there, something like that, you know. You, yeah. You'd be more than happy to take that from him. Yeah, obviously you'd love to get more, but realistically he's, what, 25, 26. So it's, it's one of those ones, isn't it? So, so yeah, fantastic for him. Um, got to mention Jordan Gibson again. We know his dad listens, so giving a shout-out to Andy there. He's obviously listening to the podcast. Um, another great effort for him. Like I said, his work rate is phenomenal, isn't it, really, actually? For a, for a player who plays as more of a flair player, he really does get through a lot of work. And he's got this incredible knack of just nicking the ball, hasn't he? Players think they've got a pass him, he just he just sticks his foot on, and just nicks it. He still needs to work a little bit on the decision making, I think, playing as a number ten. I mean that that's that's something I've noticed. He sometimes I suppose if you're playing as a winger, you are a bit more individualistic, aren't you? You can take on your man, you can you can use the ball a bit more. If you're the number ten, you probably need to lay it off a little bit more, maybe, and, and play the passes. But that'll come with time, won't it, I'd think. Yeah, I mean he's
1: he's he's only twenty four still, he's still relatively yeah. young. And, he, you know, this is his first sort of proper long spell of football in, yeah. in our league. So, you know, it's
0: yeah.
1: it's still a learning curve, but uh, it's one that's definitely going upward.
0: Absolutely. And you, you do wonder, you know, I've said this before, and, you know, there's some debate about do you keep Devitt for next season, for example, because of his injury issues. He's the kind of player that someone like Gibson could really learn from, isn't he? And I don't, you don't know want to yeah. sign players just so one player can learn from them, because I think Devitt can contribute a hell of a lot more than that. But that's one of the bonuses you would get, I suppose, if David yeah, did stay, I think. Yeah. I think it's fair to say. Um, a little shout-out as well to to Brendan Dickinson. I think it was his best game in a while as well. Worked really hard. He had a, a tough game against against uh, Walsall. Like, he was having to get up and down quite a lot for the wing-back position. There was, They had some decent players on the wing. Um, it's, uh, Walsall, other than I had to play in the wing, he, he got through a lot of work, but he just looked shattered. This game, he looked, in, he looked a bit more up, but he looked fresher and he... I do. Want, I wonder if that midfield role does actually suit him quite well, you know? Maybe it's one to work on with him, but yeah. so whether he'll be here next season, I don't know because he's, he's obviously going to be one of the bigger earners in the squad, you'd think. But it's one of those ones. I don't think we're ever going to see the best of Brennan Dickinson at Carl United if he does go in the summer, are we? I think it's just one of those things. It's just you put it down to one of those signs that just never quite worked as well as you'd hoped. Yeah, yeah. So, there you go. Um, generally, in terms of this game, back to basics – Simpson picking a, you know, a, 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 that back three he mentioned, didn't he, basically? He just wanted to get square back to... Square
1: pegs and square holes,
0: is, isn't yeah, it is. And I think he did say he had to put Mellish in midfield just to try and sort out the problem there with the players being injured in that. And he said, maybe I should have found another solution to that. Which, you know, that it's fair play. I mean, a lot of managers wouldn't do that, would they? They wouldn't admit, oh, maybe I got that wrong. Maybe I should have done this. And that's one thing you notice with Simpson, isn't it? He's, he's pragmatic and he's an honest sort of bloke, isn't he, in terms of... When he's made mistakes and things like that, um, and obviously Devine came back into midfield and he gave us a bit more balance in there. So, and, and as well as that, Armour and Riley both at, at the fullback positions had, had great games as well. Getting up and down really makes a difference. And you know, Jack looked fresh. I think for his break, I think that really did actually help him a little bit. He looked at yeah, in a bit yeah. better shape, so it was good to see. And just one last thing in terms of the game itself, game management ran down the clock superbly at the end. Really, really good and really good to see how good. Toby, particularly, is very good at that. What he does, you've probably seen it on the pitch side, but he's done? He gets the ball and he sort of drops to his knees slightly and makes it really awkward for yeah, them to try and yeah. nick the ball. It's, it's clever because he's not sitting on the ball, but he's doing enough that basically they're going to have to kick through his legs to get to the ball. And if they
1: yeah. do, it, chances are he's gaining the foul, isn't he?
0: Yeah, or at the very least, giving away a free kick that's going to waste a bit more time as yeah. well. So he's very clever with that. Full credit to him for that. Um, before we get onto the switch to the second half of the showdown, let's talk a little about Simo's post-match comments. So obviously, the result against Manfield secured safety. Uh, no surprise then that the post-match interview was dominated by questions about Simo's future, wasn't it?
1: No, not at all. Uh, it's you know, it's uh, it's the hot topic at the moment, and
0: I think it's safe to say
1: it sounded slightly more positive. I'd
0: 100% agree with you on that. I, very, look, I was listening to a little little bit of it on, on the train back and stuff like that and you could you could tell just from his voice and the way he was talking, it's probably not just this result that suddenly changed that. Something's been brewing in the background for a couple of weeks, hasn't it? I think he's he's clearly been... He admitted that, didn't he? He'd, he'd spoke to John Nixon a couple of weeks ago. I need to just an uh, initial sort of talk to say, look, once it's secured and we can step it up, here's what I want and that kind of thing and what I want sorted. Um... It, it, uh, I think yeah fair to say that in these last two three weeks that the tone's changed quite a bit would you say
1: yeah definitely uh, well it's, it's certainly not cut and dried but no. it's uh, it sounds like there is a possibility I think would be the fair comment uh, I, you know a couple of weeks ago I think we'd have been surprised if he stayed to be honest but
0: uh I think a few weeks ago when he was talking about it you new know, things need to be sorted out and he's been very coy about it I understand it because we still weren't safe. I think most fans would have said oh, maybe 30-70 in favour of him. Well, 70-30 in favour of him going. Not that they want him to go but that's what would happen. I think the last couple of weeks everyone's been like oh, it's 50-50. I think, having listened to that I'd put it as strong as 75-25 in favour of him staying now. I think genuinely I think there's just things that need ironed out and I think he just needs things confirmed that yep, yeah, We'll go ahead with that and then it will go through. I don't think wages are a problem. I don't think that's going to be a problem at all because we know how much Jenkins loves him. I imagine if he wanted a bit more than an average manager would get this level, he'd get that money from Jenkins. Um I don't think the debt's a big problem. He said that in the thing. Look, I can't control the debt. It's more a case of knowing that we can do the things I want to do that I need signed off, not the fact that the debt should be cleared. So that doesn't seem to be a problem. Even the ownership isn't really a problem, I don't think. He just wants to know that he can do something long term, doesn't he? Basically. That's what he says. I
1: think the key to it is if uh if he comes, it's a project. It's not yes. just it's not just a job. Uh it's not just, you know, another goal of management. I think it's more of a legacy thing. I really do.
0: I think. I think he wants to be here for four or five years, six, seven, maybe. Yeah, he wants to do like a Tisdale or something like that. He doesn't want to be here for two, for like two, three seasons maybe, and then get sacked. He wants to build something that's lasting. That's what he wants yeah. to do. Because when you when you look at it, the easy for, what I'd say for next season is, as fans, we need to appreciate this as well. We need to be patient. We can't be screaming through his head if we're sitting in fourteenth place. Come end of October because realistically that might be as good as we can do at the time because we've still got these young players to bring through we've got to develop the squad we've got to do stuff off the field to get it in the right place we can't be screaming just because we're not challenging for a top three place come come the end of October can we because because actually when you look at the teams we're going to be facing next season it's not going to be easy is it? No, no not at all I mean it's throwing out some of the names here I mean Stockport are coming up by the looks of things they've got huge money behind them you know, we yeah. look at some of the signs they made in recent seasons. You would
1: probably make Wrexham the favourites for the playoffs. Yeah,
0: because even allowing for the fact that they missed off in the, out on the top place, their form is really good at the moment. So yeah, you'd back you'd back them to win the playoffs. Um, and obviously, we, we, we all know that they've got big money behind them. Bristol Rovers are really well backed financially. Doncaster Rovers coming down a well. backed
1: Doncaster back. Crew, you yeah. know. Like, Fleetwood. Have even got if, Fleetwood going. are in the bottom four at the moment. If Fleetwood come, yeah, he's going to have a go. Uh, he's going to need to come back up. And even Wimbledon, you know, yeah. with the new ground and whatnot, you know, it's it's not going to it's be. It's going to be
0: competitive. It's going to be very competitive this season. I agree with that. And it, yeah, it's not going to be easy. I'm. I'm that's what I'm saying. We, we've, we've got to be careful not to think. Simmer coming in is suddenly going to turn us into a top seven side. It's not. He knows that. He's not stupid. He's He's been setting the scene for weeks with this in what he's been Ooh. saying. He's been very smart in what he's saying. He's laying the ground for saying, let's be realistic here. Let's build something that lasts. Let's not have a flash in the pan of going up and coming back like we did in 94, 95. That was a flash in the pan because actually we probably could have done with another season establishing ourselves really to, to get a proper setup, shouldn't we really? And obviously with the new stand being built that season, that, that caused issues similar in 96, 97, we just weren't really in a position where we'd come straight back down. We try to come straight back up and we've just got to be careful with these things, haven't we? Got to make sure yeah. it's all in place. Um But yeah, and obviously, he, he's mentioned the fact that we're going to need to recruit in midfield strongly in the summer because there's issues there with shortage of players. Um He's mentioned... Interesting point You he mentioned here. I wanted to make mention this one just before we go into the second half, Daddy. He did mention, didn't he, that... Um, there's the need for the football and the office side of the club to be better connected.
1: A little bit of a mm. throwback
0: there, isn't there? Because you, you touched on this before, haven't you?
1: Well, it's
0: uh, some of it
1: goes back to, uh, have you got your noise ready? He who shall not be named. Uh, you you can edit that in uh, if you which, find which, it.
0: Which, which one are we talking about? Because you've got two here that they could be.
1: <laughs> oh, no. there's, there's a, I'm, I'm not bothered about the manager one. I'm on no. about the... Uh, Yes the, yes, the, yes the King of the Crown at Wetherill yeah
0: indeed, yeah, yeah someone goes back and to him and he, the way he he, set things he was
1: up. he was big on the football department and the club department, wasn't he yeah, and you know I mean, yes, they had to change offices after the the floods yeah. and all that, but it was almost like a two tier club mm. and it's I get the idea, but the the two departments uh Woven and interlinked on many, many levels, you know. Yeah.
0: so yeah. And Simmer, Simmer can look back to when he was in charge first time and how closely nicked the whole club, was really in terms of all those sides. Whether it was first under Courtney, you know, and he, you know, he was someone who was a big character on the club and got everyone together. Fred Story built things up the seasons after. He understands the importance of that. Of that how that links into the community as well, doesn't he? So, so yeah, I think he's it's he's, he's very smart the way he's doing that. Already, he's already setting the ground for. Let's all bring this together. Let's work together here. Let's not be, you know, let's not have cliques. Let's make it separate. And it's, he really is a manager, isn't he? He's not a hes not a coach in that sense. He is a coach, obviously, but he's a manager as well. He's a proper old-fashioned manager who wants to be in charge of as much as possible. That's the thing that stands out for me. Yeah. So, yeah. So, obviously, I, what I was touching on there is the fact that you mentioned in the past, wasn't it? That the curl was very determined, wasn't he, to keep the two apart. The office and the, the players, basically, as apart as possible, which you know, rubbed a few people Well, Yeah, it,
1: it, it started under Keith Curl, didn't it? The, yeah. the football department, as he liked yeah. to call it, and uh, Holdworth seemed to carry it on a bit, didn't they? You know, yeah.
0: yeah, exactly that. Um, the, the other bits that have been mentioned by um. By uh, Simo, the recent weeks is obviously the sort the training pretty issues, and we we both know as well that he's he's keen to having to strengthen the the coaching and medical department as well as for next season as well to make sure we're in as, yeah. as good a position as possible. So, so there you go. So hopefully positive news, and I, I mean, I, the hope is that maybe you can get something sorted even before the Stevenage game will be fantastic, wouldn't it? So we know that it's not by Simo. We know it's celebrating well, the fact it, that we're starting something new. Even if
1: they announced it at full time on Bradford.
0: Yeah. You know, the very next day, launch your season tickets. Yeah, because it's interesting nothing's been it. announced by that yet, yeah, has it? So, no, you know, no. That, uh, but, um, but yeah, so maybe they were waiting just to fully confirm which league we were going to be in next season. But um, but yes, I mean, it would be fantastic if the week leading up to the Bradford game, they announced, yes, Simo's going to stay. Because, I mean, you'd have a full away end that day, wouldn't you? People celebrating, hopefully in the sun and, you know, enjoying a you know, maybe maybe rather than a, a Walsall nil Carlisle nil style game, maybe more a, a Carlisle nil not County fight, no, Carlisle five Not County nil style game that we had in 90, uh, 2000. Can I get my dates all wrong, yeah, right? 2016 <laughs> May 2016. I, I tell you what, I think I've got, still got sunstroke from that game. It was a very warm day in Nottingham that day. I think it's fair to say. Um, there you go. It's been a hell of a long first half this time, but we've had a lot of fitting, haven't we? So, so there you go. So we'll take a short break now, and we'll be back to preview the Harrogate game.
1: This is John Mellish. you listen
0: to The Brunt and Bugle. And we're back for the second half of the show. Just a reminder to everyone, you can subscribe to the podcast and give us a review, basically, if you can, on whatever podcast app you use. That could be Spotify or Acast, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. Apple and Spotify are the two main ones in terms of reviews. If you can give a review on there, that'd be fantastic. Um, But yeah, if you subscribe, as soon as a new episode comes out, it'll come straight into your little inbox uh, on the app. And obviously, you can follow us on social media, at Brunt and Bugle on Twitter, uh, on Facebook, to search for the brunt Bugle and click like. Um, also, we're on the their message board and the Be Just and Fear Not Facebook group. And uh, we're also on the, um, on in the, on the old emails. so bruntonbugle at gmail.com. We've a few of those in recently. I've replied to those. Very thanks for the correspondence. Very, always welcome. Correspondence, I love that word. Oh, that's a lovely word, isn't it? Correspondence. Indeed it is. It's, a,
1: it's an old-fashioned term, but it, uh, <laughs> it, it brings back memories of, you know writing with quills and <laughs> parchment and yeah
0: right writing you know correspondence to newspapers is what you do isn't it is yeah right? they, yeah from, from when you when you're abroad rather than actually being at home um just remind as well the, the, this season the second half of the show is being sponsored by the kyanite sports club london branch london branch is open to all Kynite fans they've got members from cornwall to dundee and houston to singapore and of course every part of london and the southeast they regularly meet up on away trips, as well as arranging many social events, supporters' games, and fundraising for the club. They'll be providing us with information for the away games as part of the preview section this season too. Only one more left after this one. Uh, you can find out more about the London Branch at their website, um Just a quick one there, that the pub for the Harrogate is going to be the Empress Pub, which is in Church Square in Harrogate, hg 4 sp
1: Funnily enough, uh, a mate of mine on Twitter, who's a Northampton fan, mm. uh, just when I mentioned it to someone else uh, about going on the train, he he too flagged up the Empress is a decent pub. It's about a ten minutes walk
0: from the station. Excellent. So it looks like they've picked a good one this week. The, the London bunch, fair play. Um, right, before we go into previewing the Harrogate game, uh, Mike has done us a question. Now I asked him to do a special 100 related question for this week's episode. Um, I've got a funny thing I'm going to click on this it's going to be a Harrogate question because you probably forgot but uh, let's see because I haven't heard it yet I'd never listened to it until we actually do the show so here's Mike's question for this week
2: so to celebrate the 100th episode this week I've got a special 100 themed question so the 2004 to 2005 season was our 100th season as a football club which player that played for us that season was the closest to playing 100 games for the Blues? And did he make more or less than 100 appearances for us? And I'm going to include non-league games as league games for the sake of this. Oh, that's a good question, it's, that. It's play very specific. That right, that right let, let me play this again. It's right, very me, yes. Okay. So, to celebrate the 100th episode this week, I've got a special 100-themed question. So the 2004-2005 to 2005 season was our 100th season as a football club. Which player that played for us that season was the closest to playing 100 games for the Blues? And did he make more or less than 100 appearances for us? And I'm going to include non-league games as league games for the sake of this.
0: So basically, a player who whose total number of appearances for the Blues... Is as close to 100 as you can get, basically. So, for instance, Peter Murphy wouldn't be right because he made, what, 400 appearances, so you'd be nowhere yeah. near the 100. So it's got to be somebody who's very close to the 100 who played that season. Good question, that. Really good question, actually, that, because it gets you thinking about who made enough appearances to be quite up Ooh. there, but maybe not enough to be... Ooh, I'll have a little, we'll have a little think about that one, because we'll, we'll, we'll do the I've, answer. I've
1: already got one or two ideas in my head already.
0: Okay, well, shall we, 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 we do that a little bit later on then? We'll do that yeah, on, yeah. Um, well, basically just before the X-Files section. We'll do the answers for that, but there you go. So yeah, this weekend we're playing uh, against Harrogate Town um, at the uh, Environment Stadium, aka Weatherby Road, basically is what its name was before it was sponsored. Um, referee for this weekend's game, Rebecca Welch. Um, it's her second season as an EFL referee she became the first woman to referee an EFL game in April last year which took charge of funny enough Harrogate v Port Vale um, she's taken charge of 16 games so far this season handing out 49 yellow cards and one red little bit misleading that statistic saying she's taken charge of 16 because that's only the men's game because she's actually taking charge of a lot more games in the women's game as well. She's a, a FIFA level official in the women's game. She, the last two games she actually refereed were Spain v Brazil and Switzerland v Italy. <laughs> so going from international women's football to League 2 football. it would be interesting to see what the difference is for, for that one. But there you go. Um, last refereed United, in for the 2-2 draw with Scunthorpe earlier this season at Brunton Park, handing out three bookings to the iron, but none to United. I... Rewatch the YouTube highlights for this to see if there was anything controversial from that game. My God, we were awful that day. <laughs> like, really, really bad. I didn't even realise how bad we were. But whew, we got lucky to get get a point from that because we were 2-0 down, weren't we? Two really scrappy goals we gave away as well. So so there you go. Head-to-head-wise, I mean, there's not much to say here. we have It's going to be the fifth meeting between the two sides and we've yet to beat them. In those five games. Now, one of those games was in the trophy we don't talk about. So, you probably don't count it, Dan. Um, So, if we're not going to count that, it's basically no wins for Carlisle, a draw and two wins for the Sulphurites. I love that nickname, by the way. I've just got to say that now. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's nice to have it yeah. it's obviously linked to the old sulfur Spars, isn't it at the Harrogate Spa and stuff the like Spring that
1: Springwater and all that sort of stuff but... abs-
0: absolutely brilliant because you get so many co- coming like the you know the reds so or the I mean, we're the blues which is a little bit boring we've got the Cumbrians as well but obviously there's other teams from Cumbria isn't there um, we're not the Red Foxes I'll never have that as our nickname we refuse to accept that as ever our nickname um, yeah so you get some boring ones don't you but they've got a it's great to have one that's completely original and no one else has So there you go. Um, Last season, they finished 17th in League Two. This season, they're currently 20th on 47 points from 43 games. They're three positions below and three points less than United right now. Uh, It's worth noting they've got a better goal difference than us. So if they win at the weekend, they will jump ahead of us, whatever happens elsewhere. So something to be wary of. Um, Their manager is Simon Weaver. He was appointed in May 2009. In May 2009, Greg Abbott had only been in charge of United for, what, four or five months? Six months? That's crazy, that, isn't it? When you think back how, how long ago that is. He's under contract until the summer of 2024, which would take him to 15 years at Weatherby Road. Um, he's comfortably the longest-serving manager in the EFL, isn't he, Dan? I think, I think who would it be next nearest? Um, <laughs> Gareth Ainsworth. That was it would be, wasn't it? I mean, he's yeah, done, he's probably. Nine years, I think he's done something like that at Wickham. Uh, these days um, he'll celebrate 13 years in charge of the North Yorkshire Club next month um, fair to say he's done a really good job I mean yes allow for the fact that he's helped by the fact that his dad's the owner which means if he has a, a bad run or anything he's less likely to be sacked although he'd probably say you know I'm treated like any other manager here basically and just, just sorry to cut in yeah.
1: Weaver and Ainsworth are 1 and 2 yeah. Klopp and Pep are 4 and 5 who do you think number three is?
0: See, they jumped up on they? because Sean dice would have been second. And obviously yeah, he's dropped yeah. out now. It's going to be someone really unexpected, isn't it?
1: Yes and no. It's, it's obvious when you, when you think, yeah, he's been there
0: in a while. Tell me which division it is, and I'll have a guess. Uh, League One. League One. Ooh, um, not a fleet with not rock I'm not thinking. Uh, David Artel's been sacked now by crew, hasn't he? So he can't be here. Yeah, yeah.
1: He's, in, he's been up there as well.
0: Um, I'm trying to think of all, the, all the other clubs in that. Oh, is
1: it, um, is it Lado at Rotherham? For, uh, no, he no. is actually number six.
0: Oh, on. there you go. Well, I haven't got a clue then. You're going to have to you put me on. John Corman at Accrington. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. You forget the fact that he's, even though he, he left and came back, he's actually still been there a long time, the second spell as yeah, well, hasn't he? So yeah, yeah. if he hadn't gone to Rochdale, he would be comfortably the longest, winner not he? Because he'd be ready oh, tonight, yeah, to, you know, yeah. six, something mad like that, I think. Um but yeah, so there you go. Yeah, he's he's done a good job though, hasn't he, to be fair. I mean even along with the fact that his dad's the owner and he's also put a bit of money into them, they've not spent stupid amounts on players, have they? They've not thrown no. a daft amounts of money at it. They just seem to be a very well structured club, don't they?
1: Yeah, uh Let's be honest. No disrespect to them, that they're probably overachieving by being in the league. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're they're not a big club. The you know, we're in an area where Leeds United are the main team in yeah. that area.
0: You've got York City just up the road as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. But uh, none of uh, you know the fact that they've them and York have pretty much sort of swapped places, haven't they? Over the last yeah. few years. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at it; they've gone from. A club that was semi-prone, struggling to stay in the National League North on crowds of, what, four or five hundred max. To a club that's, in the EFL, averaging over 2,000 in League Two. You know, people all mock and say, oh, low crowds so for that. That's quite an achievement, you know, basically quadruple your your crowds over, what, a seven or eight year period and establish yourself as an EFL club. I don't mean, it's one of these things like, oh, people say, oh, they're not a proper club. Well, they're a well-run club, clearly. <laughs> Because there's some really badly run former league clubs in in league in the national league right now, isn't there? So, you know, full full credit to them for them getting there. Um, in their first two seasons, though, in the EFL, they've they've had really good starts and they? they started really quickly. I forgot. I think they were top after about four or five games of this season in League Two.
1: Yeah, they were flying, yeah.
0: but they've dropped off massively. And I think the big issue they've got, they work with a very small squad, don't they? Yeah, that's one thing they do. They've not changed it hugely as well from the squad that got them out of the National League. They've stuck by those players and given them a chance to show what they can do. And I think, like I said, they can start seasons quickly, but they then struggle a bit. And they've got that balancing act of obviously keeping a tight ship and not overspending, fair play to them. But they've also lost a big income stream, haven't they, when they got promoted to the league?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Obviously, they had a 4G pitch, which they would hire out. in the week. And you're not allowed that in the league. I do wonder, it's one of those things they probably were hoping... establish themselves in the National League for a few years and be one of the clubs that convinces the league to say you can have these pitches in the league there's no problem with them it's one of those ones, I much prefer having a grass pitch at Brunton Park but I'm sort of coming around in my head to the idea of clubs in the league having pitches like that what's your thoughts on it?
1: I think the quality of the pitches has improved yeah markedly over the last few years yeah. to the point where I think sort of hybrids will come in eventually.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think you'll definitely find that. And I think the big thing is if England can play on them for World Cup and European Cup quali- you, you uh, Euros qualifiers, why can't Cal United play a team on one of them? Yeah, in, in yeah. Two? It, it, it just yeah. seems really that You can play on them in the FA Cup as well. No well, there.
1: They, they use them in law leagues in Scotland Those clubs
0: yeah. have them. Yeah. I mean, Kilmar, I think Kilmarnock have got one now, haven't they, actually, as well? So, mm. I mean, they, you know, when they get to the top like, they'll have that again. So, yeah, it, it, it seems a bit of a, a daft one, really. That I imagine that'll change in the next couple of seasons, especially, you know, for, for a club like well, Harrogate's the obvious one, Sutton as well, obviously had the same problem. Yeah. Both of them could turn around and say, look, it'll be funny, but we're losing a big income stream and we're also having to fork out three or four hundred grand to put a new pitch in. It's staffed. daft. Because when they go down now, they're like, well, we haven't got that income stream anymore. So actually, we're going to struggle to come back up to the league. And mm. it, actually, it's a, it's a massive disadvantage for them to come up. It just seems a bit silly, doesn't it? There you go. Um, yeah, so I think they've got a bit of a challenge on next season, haven't they, to basically maybe revamp that squad a little bit and try and establish themselves and not end up slipping down another position because obviously, if they're going to finish about twentieth this season, if they're slipping on and carries on, they'll be in the relegation zone next season, won't yeah, they?
1: Yeah, there's there's warning bells going, isn't there?
0: Yeah, it's one of those clubs that definitely want to look at the summer and see who they sign or who they you know who they bring in because they could potentially be in a little bit of trouble, I think, maybe. Um obviously some of we always mentioned at this point, um Weaver is assisted by former blues captain Paul Furwell. I've, I've read, I think I watched that um, that documentary on BT Sport by Harrogate. He does a lot of the coaching there, actually. I think Weaver does a lot more of the management side of it, really. But Fairwell definitely does a lot of the coaching sessions and things like that. <laughs> Last time out, uh, comfortably beaten 3-0 by Northampton Town at Sixfields, uh, thanks to Sam Hoskins' brace and a strike from Louis, Louis uh, Aperet. Um yeah, overall form wise twenty second in the last six games form table with record of loss one and then four losses in a row. Um United is sixteen for that table, by the way. Um they've only won once in the last twelve games, and that was a 3 0 win over Scunthorpe. And it's like taking candy from a baby, isn't it, basically? Sweets from a baby yeah. sort of candy to the expression isn't it, I guess, but but yeah, it's it's not great form at all, really. Um and looking through their squad, it, it's not the worst squad. You'll see there's some good players in there, but They've been crippled by injuries, haven't they?
1: Yeah, they've got a lot of injuries at the moment. Um, One of of the most uh, obvious ones that stands out to me is the keeper. Yeah. Mark Oxley, he actually went off injured uh, in the 2-0 defeat at Salford. Uh, And that brought in Joe Cracknell, who is a backup. He's not really played that much. You
0: know, he's just... And the third choice is a kid I don't think I've ever heard of, Harvey Giles. Yeah,
1: yeah I mean, he, he hasn't even got any data or an age. So I'm assuming yeah. he's uh, well, well that's from somewhere.
0: Yeah, well, that, that game against Northampton, just looking at there, um, they had three players on the bench there. Elizamme, uh, Il- uh, O'Boyle and Giles, none of them have got a single... I think they've got one first-team appearance between the three of them. Yeah. They were kids, basically, and Mark Beck was the other one who didn't come on in that game. Obviously, former Blues player there. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's tough for them, like we said, you look at it, up to 10 first-team players out for this game. Obviously, Oxley, you mentioned there, he's out for the season by looks of things, as is Ryan Fallafield, Lewis Page, Josh Falkenham, uh, Brahima Diara, and Lewis Richards. Um, on top of that, Alex Patterson, Lloyd Kerry, the long-serving player, who's going to retire at the end of season, actually has become their head of player recruitment. Um, and... An interesting name here, Callum Kavanagh. Cav- he's a, a nursing injury, those, those players. Son of. Son of Graham, former Blues yeah. player, coach and manager. He actually had a few kickabouts on the Brunner Park pitch after games, I think to remember as well. So, uh, mm. yeah, he's he's very highly rated at Burris and I think they, he's basically just a, a loan spell to toughen him up a little bit because he's probably outgrown playing for the under-18s there. So it's more, I don't think there's like huge expectations on him to score shed loads of goals for Harrogate. It's more to give him a bit of experience of first-team football and. It's one of those ones. You, you, you do think of the summer, maybe we'd have a look, maybe getting get on. Like, every time we get a play from Bury, they always seem to be good players, don't they? they? Always do really well. So I do wonder about that one. You I go. think
1: Bury have got quite a good youth set up. To be
0: fair, oh, though, they, they always have done them. They, you look at the sometimes from there. Speaking of players, I
1: wouldn't be adverse to seeing if Jack Diamond was available from
0: Sunderland. I was about to say that he's a player we've looked at in the past, isn't he? As well, yeah. We, we tried. He's, to
1: him around, so. You know, he's. He's officially he's a left winger, but he can play on the right and in the middle. Mm-hmm. He does score a few goals. He's only twenty two. Is you know, but he's got he's got another two year on his Sunderland deal. Yeah. But is he going to get in
0: the Sunderland team? I mean, if they go through the playoffs, you'd imagine probably not. So you never know. It could be could be one to show an interest in, So, so yeah, for Harrogate, it when you look at that when you see all those injuries and all those problems they've got. So Will Smith's another one who's been ruled out for the for the rest of the season. Very highly rated defender. He, he did his ACL. Did he slap
1: someone? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. some, 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 oh, very good.
0: Uh, someone oh. slapped his knee, definitely, because he's uh, he's done his ACL, unfortunately. So that's probably him out really for no. this season. And I imagine a good chunk of next season as well. So that's a, a big blow for them. We've um, I mean, all those players out. You've got to fancy a win for this one, haven't you? Let's, let's go on to United now. Got um, to have a good chance of going for three points here, you'd think?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh... To be quite honest, I see no reason, as I alluded to earlier, why we can't get nine points to finish the season.
0: I, I, I'll be honest, with you, I'd look for a minimum of seven. We've got six bit, or seven, yeah, yeah, because yeah. we, we we should be buoyant after the you know the win against Mansfield. Yeah. We've got potentially Devitt to come back to give us another option in midfield. We're, we're on fifty
1: points. We're on fifty points. Crawley at twelve with sixty, so the highest we can finish is 13th. Yeah, but I certainly think is achievable. Late an audience of thirteen from fifty-five.
0: You know the mad thing is, if we win our last three games, we'll only be something like eight points worse off than we were last season. Yeah, which is it's crazy when you think about it. Um, but yeah, you'd fancy. I mean, also in terms of injuries, Guy and Senior both remain. out. Devitt closing in on a return, maybe a bit too. Yeah, a just start. just when we started recording, the club put an article
1: out. Uh, mm. I think uh, Gav Skelton suggested that this weekend's probably too early, but mm. uh, certainly the Steven. I, th- I think it'd be be nice if uh, he could get a run out. Yeah, definitely for the Stevenage. Sorry, I had a, a slight hiccup. Eh? <laughs> uh, if he could get like, even from the bench for twenty thirty minutes against yeah. Stevenage.
0: Yeah.
1: You know he was a, he was an undoubted part of that turn up in form that ultimately yeah set us on the way.
0: And if you can show he's fit for these last two games as well, that that would encourage me a bit more to you know to maybe give him a deal in the summer to show that he can actually recover fairly quickly from these injuries because there was talk he was going to be out for the season. But he's actually shown himself to get back a bit quicker, hasn't he? So, so there you go. So, those two are out. Um, I don't know if there's anything in that article about Jack Armour because there was a sort of hint that he might have had a slight hamstring problem, but Simmer did seem to think he would be okay. I I
1: I, I, when I flipped through it, I didn't really see anything. Yeah, well, there you go. There you go. Uh,
0: obviously, Corey Wheeling should be back as well. He was he missed the, the games against Walsall and Mansfield due to illness. Um, yeah, and obviously, you've got the players out on loan, Abrahams, Charters, and Man um for this one. Stick with the same 11.
1: Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, you know, Alessandra played well, and the obvious one would be Dennis for Alessandra, but... I'd stick with Alessandra, it, honest. It'd be, it'd be harsh on Alessandra to be dropped after such a performance.
0: I, I think he probably start again. As long as he's fit, I think he'll start again. Yeah, but the, like I think so, that could be the substitution at yeah. some point. The only maybe one you maybe would change would maybe be Roberts coming in for for armour maybe that's the only one I can think of really for me it well, depends, depends what his big uh, odds like yeah yeah, we'll have to wait and see but I'd imagine as long as plays are fit that'll be starting 11 probably again I think Um yeah so let's do predictions then Dan what are you going to go for
1: I'm going to go for a 4-0 win
0: I can't believe you've done that because I was going to go for a 4-0 as well so go on <laughs> go on what do we Uh this.
1: and we're going to Patrick's going to get his double figures for the season Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Gibson's going to get one. Yeah. Uh, Joe Riley's going to top his run last week and score, mm-hmm. and then Feeney from a corner. Oh, okay. I'm saving Simu for Bradford.
0: <laughs> I'm as well actually. Ninety plus, plus seven. seven. So I'm going to I'm going to go for a four 0 win as well. I'm going to go for Patrick to get one, Alessandra to get one as well. I think he'll get one. Um... Uh, who else can I go for one? Uh, I think Dickinson might get one. He's, you know, he's looked live in the last couple of games. And then Toby Schultz-Silver will get one off the bench, coming on as a late
2: sub as well. So that's your 4-0. What's Mike on for, for his prediction? I'm going to go for a thumping 3-0 win with <laughs> Patrick, Feeney and Mellish with the goals. Quite similar to yours. I half
0: expected him to say a 4-0 there as well. <laughs> I know. I There's that there. But i think that... No. We've got to be confident going to this one, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Uh, right, well, before we, we go into the uh, very busy x file section for this week's episode, um, shall we uh, try and answer Mike's question then? Um, yeah. So, nearest to 100 appearances. Now, who have you got as ideas for this? The ones that came to
1: mind for me straight away are Paul Anderson, Chris Billy... Kev Gray.
0: Kev Gray is the one I was thinking of because you know and what?
1: As 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 an outsider, Lee Andrews.
0: Ooh, good shot actually. Lee Andrews might not be the worst shot in the world. I'd actually, the thinking about, I think Lee Andrews might be a little bit short. Yeah, um, yeah. Kev Gray is not a bad one because I think in his last I've, season, it, I don't know. I, I
1: think it's going to be between Gray, I, and Billy.
0: I'm not sure about Gray now actually. The more I think about, it because I think about Gray, he came in his first season. He must have played 20 games then. He played most of the games in the conference season, doesn't he, I think, I seem to remember. So he'd about 40 then, and you're looking at another 40, potentially. 46 at least, because he did barely missed a game in the season that we won the title. I think he got another 10 or 15, 20 maybe that, so it might be a little bit too much over.
1: Yeah, yeah, possibly. So I think of thinking. On I see... that basis, I'm going to go Chris Billy.
0: Okay, Chris Billy.
1: And yeah. did he say higher or lower
0: than 100? I think he said higher or lower, didn't he?
1: I'm going to go... Just shy
0: of, you know what? I'm actually. I don't think I'm gonna go. Uh, having talked to so long, I'm starting to think Kev Gray now. I'm thinking, <laughs> so screw you over here. But I think Chris Billy. I think he'd be too many because I think he played it almost every game when he was fit and he was, except for the last season, and that's put you about forty ish games a season over three seasons. So,
1: yeah, true. Uh, all right then. Well, I'm gonna to go to Paul Arneson then.
0: Okay, Paul Anderson. Do, do, I, do I go for Adam Murray or not? So going to Adam Murray might have be close, actually. No, because actually he dropped out of favour quite quickly, didn't he? I think he only got 50 in the end. Oh. So you're going Paul Arnison. I don't know. I really don't know. Tom Cowan won't be close because he only plays season and a half. I mean, Matty Glennon's probably not the worst shot in the world. Yeah. I'm going to go Matty Glennon, right? I'm going to go Matty Glennon. And I'm going to go over. So you're going, Paul Anderson. Ah,
1: uh, I, I don't know. I don't know now because Glennon, Glennon could
0: be a good one. Oh, then
2: actually,
0: I'm going Glenn, Glennon over. I uh, think do I'm you know wrong something? Now.
1: Carl Hawley might might not be far off. Hmm.
0: Because he missed. A call. Oh, you might. And be then right you're there.
1: thinking of then. Oh, and then oh. Derry Combs comes into it. Nah, for Derek me, Holmes yeah, Derry Combs wouldn't have
0: played enough. He wouldn't have played enough because he didn't play much in his third season, and he only played on that like basis. I'm gonna go. I'm
1: gonna go for Derry Combs on that basis.
0: Then. You go. Well, bear in mind he only arrived like in, in April or like March or something in yeah, yeah. his first one. But I think he had. I think he had two seasons after that. No, nah, he, he didn't play much in the in the season under McDonald's. I think it's really yeah. I don't know, towards I don't the know. End. All right, well, I'm, I'm,
1: I'm gonna go Derry Combs. I've changed. Yeah, Derry Combs.
0: You're going Derek Holmes, do you go. I'm yeah. guessing you're going to go under, are you? Or... Hey, under,
1: yeah. I under. think it'll be under. I, go... think he, I think he could be up around the ninety mark. I
0: do. Okay, I'm going Glennon over. Let's let's see what the answer is. This this is going to be underwhelming now, isn't
2: it? I think. But there you go. And it was Lee Andrews who played <gasps> 106 games for the Blues. <laughs> you feeling, oh! are you? Yeah.
0: You said his name. You said his name.
1: You talked
0: oh, me out of it. I did. I do apologise for that, but there you go. Great question, that one from Mike, actually, because it gets you thinking more trying to work out how many paintings he's made rather than, you know, it's a very, very, very good question. That Well done, Mike. Um, right, well, let's wrap it up then, Dan, because we've got a lot to get through in the XFL section. It's it's a busy yeah, section. I've um,
1: got to rattle through these. I might chip in at some
0: week, points just to, to say a few bits, but there you go. Yeah,
1: yeah. Thursday last week, James Cavanagh scored twice for Rangers, one of them a pen. There's a beat Braga 3 1 in a superb game up at Ibrox.
0: Incredible game of football, wasn't it? I watched yeah. bits of this year.
1: Uh, good Friday, Callum O'Hare scored in Coventry's 4 2 win at Birmingham. Uh, Jack Mannyett scored the winner in Peterborough's he's in surprise really 2 1 win over Blackburn. Yeah. You seem to
0: mention him a couple of times every week at the moment.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's come back to form, hasn't he? Uh, the usuals at Morecambe, Cole, St- Cole Stockton got one, but it was. Arthur Gnawa who got a brace yeah. when uh, they had a huge three two win over Charlton, which is actually took them out the uh, the bottom four. Hmm. Uh, Sam Cosgrove scored for AFC Wimbledon when he's on loan. Uh, a three one defeat at already relegated crew. It's not looking good for Wimbledon. Not, is it, no? Likely coming down. Nice London uh, check for last season. <laughs> Ashlyn Addison scored in Crawley's two one win at Newport. Can
0: I tell you what? Are they- just, just chip in there. Crawley Town are yeah. the form team in League 2 right now. Yeah. Top yeah. of the form table. Incredible, that.
1: Yeah. Elliot Watts was sent off for Bradford in the one all against Tranmere. Hmm. Uh, Zanzala scored in Exeter's 2-0 win over Colchester. Richie Bennett scored in Sutton's 3-2 win over Mansfield. Uh, Connor Thompson scored for Blythe Spartans in the 2-1 win over Farsley. Yep. And as we mentioned earlier, Gateshead, uh, Adam Campbell and Conor Malley, former Lonnie Conor Malley, uh, in that game that Taylor Charter scored two in.
0: 6 uh, guys. Interesting that one, because I think the other two goals were scored by um, Macaulay Langstaff, weren't they? Mm. Surely he's one well, we've got to have a little look at in the summer, maybe, because he's their top scorer, isn't <laughs> he? Him, him and Scott have scored for fun. <laughs> Campbell's scored him for fun yeah. as well. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. it's incredible. Uh, one that
0: isn't on the list that I forgot
1: on the Saturday, uh, Callum Higginbottom scored again <sighs> for... Kelty. Is it Kelty, Yes, Kelty Art. Yeah. Uh, Easter Monday and into the midweek, uh, Jack Marriott followed up again with another in the 2-0 win at Barnsley. Some good results for Peterborough there, mm. actually. Uh, Jerry Yates came off the bench and scored a penalty for Blackpool in the 6-1 hammering of Birmingham. Uh, Tom Lawrence was sent off right at the end of Derby's 1-0 loss. That was the game that relegated them. Uh, obviously, their points deduction as yeah. Knack of the job for them. Uh, and obviously, Derby Simpson, if you know, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Bowman scored in Shrewsbury Town's 3 all draw with Doncaster. Was it not Shrewsbury were 3-0 up and Doncaster scored three here?
0: They were, yeah. And Doncaster are pretty much relegated now because the goal difference yeah. is so bad. They, they, they can't. Yeah, yeah. I think they'll they need, need a swing of 17 goals. But, I mean, as a Shrewsbury fan, you'd be fuming about this, wouldn't you? Because you're thinking, 3-0 yeah. up against a team that's practically relegated. You're going to relegate them by the result. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Appalling.
1: Uh, where were we at? Ryan Loft. Uh, Ryan Loft. scored for Bristol Rovers late on against Port Vale. Uh, Paddy Madden scored an injury time winner for Stockport in the 1-0 win over Solihull uh, Conor Malley scored again for Gateshead in that 4-2 win mm. over Darlington uh, Nathan Buddle there's, there's one we <laughs> uh, haven't had hey. much but hey it was in the wrong end it was an own goal in Blythe's 3-0 defeat at Spennymoor. and Josh Todd hey, he's uh, for a <laughs> scored in Queen of the South 2-1 win over Inverness Cali a result which just about gives Queen's a squeak of stopping up, yeah. which before, is
0: unlikely. Before you go on to do bit, I've got to say about the Scottish Championship, what a division that is. If you're not following oh, right. it, give it a follow, because it's genuinely... Uh, my mate Ian always says it's one of the most entertaining leagues about and it really is. Cause... There's there's usually a game on BBC Scotland on a Friday well, night, I, and some cracking matches on I, it. I'm going to get onto that in a second, actually. Because obviously, as you mentioned there, Queen of the South, I think they've got two games left against Dunfermline and someone else. I can't remember the other team is. They're the two teams above them and they're six points above them, those two teams. So if they win both those games and those two teams, well, one of them at least, loses both of them, their last two games, they'd stay up.
1: And the goals, the goals, Aaron Dunfermline are on 35 and 50, yeah. Queen of the South, 33 and 52. So you you could have no, it wouldn't quite work, but if it of the South could end up it's it's gonna be interesting anyway.
0: Yeah, it'd be interesting. If they if they win at the weekend, it's it certainly leaves it wide open for quite an interesting uh, finish of the season. But on that point, I'm oh, sorry, before you go on to the other bits, Dan. You're right about the BBC Scotland thing. Uh, BBC is it, is, I think it's on, I don't know if it's a BBC Scotland channel, I think it is it's on, but um this weekend's game, this Friday night game, is Arbroath or oh, Kilmarnock v Arbroath, Which is basically a title. Almost. And it title decided, all. And if you don't know the story about Arbroath, go and look it up because it's incredible. It's absolutely yeah, incredible. Yeah. Their manager Dick Campbell is an absolute character, and they're a part-time side that potentially will be playing in the SPL next. Arbroath
1: in the S in the Scottish Premier League would be superb. <laughs> incredible.
0: It would it? absolutely incredible.
1: Yeah. Uh, other little bits of news: uh, former United youth player Ron Steele has signed a new contract with Annan alongside yeah. former Blues keeper Greg Fleming. Yeah. Also staying at Annan Owen Moxon, who was uh, in our academy, I think. Yeah. He's up for Scottish League 2 player of the season. Interesting one, this, because Hartlepool were linked with him in January, yeah. but the manager sort of said, oh, we might visit it in the summer. Well, if Hartlepool are looking, should we not be?
0: Well, we need midfielders, young
1: lads. We need midfielders, nearby. local lad. I'm yeah, not saying that every week, but we, he'd certainly...
0: Would be a massive it. wage, would he? As well, would he? So yeah. you'd hope, you'd think so. Yeah,
1: you never know. Uh, Gary Medine signed a new one-year deal with an option at Blackpool, mm. and then the the this obscure link one. for the week: former United coach Nathan Rooney has led Gibraltar side Bruno Magpies to UA, Europa Conference League qualification for next season. That's a mild, and it, it? It, it doesn't sound much like, because the Conference League is a new sort of pool relation but such is the money that you get in these early rounds, that could be worth like quarter of a million pounds or something.
0: Incredible, isn't it? You know, I mean, and the, then,
1: the, Welsh cl- the Welsh clubs that qualify, you know, if they can win one game in the hmm. qualifying rounds, they can get half a million, three quarters of a yeah. million.
0: And their story is very you interesting, know? the Bruno Magpies, isn't it? I think because they, they pretty much were a pub team, weren't they? I know you yeah. think, obviously, Gibraltar, you're not going to have that great stand anyway, but they brought themselves up to be actually playing in the Gibraltar yeah, top Yeah. Nathan Rooney's really a weird one it? when you look back at that one he's, he's got low- some CV now hasn't he he's it? got some CV and we we loaned him I've never the first time I've ever heard of a coach being on loan very bizarre absolutely bizarre behaviour wasn't it but there you yeah. go well um, that's it Dan that was a that was a busy x file section wasn't it this week Ma- made up for a couple of quiet weeks in the recent times didn't it so, yeah. so there you go um, that's it for this week uh, thanks once again to our sponsors the London Bunch um, thanks once again to everyone for listening R- really really do appreciate it Um Yes, it's incredible, really. Made made it to 100 episodes without going crazy, but there you go. Or maybe we have, I don't know. Um, We've got two more regular season episodes left after this, obviously previewing the games against um, Stevenage and against Bradford City. Um, After that, we'll do a sort of little season roundup one, won't we, I think, after the Bradford game. Yeah, we'll we'll
1: we'll review Bradford, and by then we should have the released list out, etc.,
0: Maybe start looking at a few of the players who have been released elsewhere. Um, the, the intention is we're probably going to take a few weeks off, maybe towards the end of May and start of June. Then we'll do a couple more. Then obviously I'm going on my honeymoon, so we'll get some specials lined up to be released during that time when I'm not really yeah. able to do Uh findings.
1: When you actually aware?
0: Uh I am away from I think it's the from the tenth no, sorry yeah, it'll be the tenth of uh July till about the twentieth or something like that, I think right it is, So, right. so we know. So we'll probably be doing pre season time. We'll we'll do a little round yeah, up we'll, of those games. We'll, when
1: we'll I get probably back. do we'll probably do a fixture release day one. Yes, we always do then that. It's when when one. the, the pre season kicks in and the signings start and then the week uh when once a friendlies we do a friendly round up and then we're on to a season preview, out.
0: Yes, yes, and we'll see if we can actually get some right this time. We'll have to have a look back, actually, on when we do the season review and see how good our predictions were. Uh, I'm still feeling very smug about being right about um, Forest Green Rovers this season, so yeah. uh, I think a few of us are going to be a bit embarrassed about how bad Tranmere have been, though, unfortunately, but there, unfortunately. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, that's it for this week's episode. Dan, thanks once again for joining me. Always appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening, and most importantly of all, up the blues. Up the blues.